This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Hello, Colleen. Good morning, y'all. This is Colleen Dieter, and this is the Horticulture Hangover Show. Um, You can call or text us with your gardening questions the number is 512-836-0590 or toll free 877-590-5525 i'm colleen dieter and i am a landscape consultant at atxgardens.com And my specialty is helping people who are do-it-yourselfers with their yards. If you have yard questions or anxiety about your yard, you know, things aren't going the way you want them to, um, you can check out my services at atxgardens.com. That's atxgardens.com. And again, you can call in or send me a text at 512-836-590. And I've got a text here already. Uh-oh. I have a little computer problem, but I will get that figured out. And I'll get to that text in a minute. Um, so... I am leading a tree identification walk on Saturday, September 9th from 10.30 to 12.30 um, at Pease Park in Central Austin. And you can register to attend. It's free, but we just ask people to register so we can get a head count. So there's no charge to attend at peaspark.org. That's peas, P-E-A-S-E, peaspark.org. And you might be asking, why should I learn tree identification? Leah? I'm here. (laughs) I made it. I'm so glad you're here. A little late. That's okay. No worries. (laughs) I thought I could make it. That's okay. You did it. You're here. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. Thanks for the kitty meow. Yeah. So Uh, why would we want to learn tree identification? Yeah. um, Well, I found that tree identification is a great way to get to know the place where you live. Um, So if you're new-ish to Central Texas or you already are a Texan and you love Texas, uh, as so many Texans do, uh, it's a great way to get to know the environment around you because the trees in the area are very unique to the place where we live. Yeah, and even different parts of town have different trees. Yes, that's true. You know the trees of your neighborhood. Even just in your neighborhood, it can be different. So um, that's that's the story. So that's one reason to attend a tree identification class. Um, I always say that the trees provide us with so many services, like oxygen, shade. <laughs> yeah, it's one we really need right now. Yeah, they cool the air around them through trains evaporation, 
just like the misters at a yeah. patio on a patio. Trees are constantly misting us. Um, we they just can't absorb, see it. They absorb storm water storm runoff water if we ever runoff. get any of that. Yes, so they can help curb flash flooding. That's right. Um, they sequester carbon in the atmosphere to reverse the effects of climate change. And uh, on and on and on. Yeah. You can text us and tell us or call us and tell us why you love trees. And to me, I think when they provide us with so many services and they ask for so little in return, I think the least we can do is learn their names. Yeah. All right. And it really helps you come to appreciate and try to protect a thing when you when you learn more about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah, because now you can see them. Yeah. And uh, they're so ubiquitous, it's easy to take them for granted, but um, they're so important and we're losing them one by one Yeah, every day. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> yes, come learn them. And um, yeah, we're doing our part to train people in the tree ID classes to collect seeds from the trees so that uh, local tree planting organization, tree folks can use them for their planting projects because there is a worldwide tree shortage right now. Um, so with all of the reforestation projects going on, um, there's all kinds of uh, tree planting going on worldwide and there's not enough trees and we do not have enough trees here in central Texas. So when is this, so, when is this identification walk again? At it East is Park? September 9th from 1030 to 1230 peaspark.org. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on over. And I think we have some text messages. Oh, great. My, my computer is not working yet. Not on, but we'll okay. get it during the break. But okay, you can tell me what the text is. So this one is I cut down a mulberry tree in our backyard. I'd like to plant a new tree or shrub there, 10 to 15 t- foot tall, thinking wax myrtle, yopon holly, or flame leaf sumac. But the mulberry stump keeps sprouting. How do I kill the 12 plus inch mulberry stump myself without ruining the soil for the next tree? We get this question a lot. Mm -hmm. My first question for you, listener, is why did you cut down the mulberry tree? Because they're native and... uh, It could have been a white mulberry. Oh, perhaps. Maybe it's a white mulberry that's not native. That's true. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So any, um, we're going to give them a benefit of the doubt. What would you say? Would you try to girdle the stump? Would that work? 12-inch stump. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I think it might. Yeah. Slow it down. It would slow it down. It might, uh still re-sprout from below the stump right you know below the girdle yeah from like the root crown i mean you could use a you could paint on a stump and vine killer yeah bone-eyed stump and vine killer which comes with a little brush applicator so you don't have to spray it it comes with a brush yeah that's awesome it has a little dabber 
Well, that's so cool. Open it up. And oh. It's this little dabber thing. Like a oh, cotton, wow. Cotton thing. Okay. So that could work. You could just paint. Um, you could make a cut into, you, you know, make a cut around the mm-hmm. stump, kind of like you're girdling it. Mm-hmm. So to where you see the green cambium layer and apply a little bit of that, mm-hmm. that could kill the stump and it wouldn't harm the soil as long as you don't get that stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't spill it. Don't spill it. That's the main, that's really important. What do you think, mm-hmm. Um, You can cover the stump with a black bucket Ugh. so that it doesn't get any light. I love that Flip idea. it upside down and stick it over the stump. That's easier. Um, if you can find a black bucket uh, or take get a bucket and paint it black. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty big bucket, though, 12 inches. Well, depends how tall it is. And then... Um, nursery, a big nursery pot. Yeah, nursery pot. If you put like electrical tape over the holes yeah, in the nursery yeah. pot, it would work real good and stick a rock on top of it. And um, burning it. Not now, though. <laughs> it's not no, a good time for burning things. Set your house on fire. <laughs> uh, if you want to wait until burn bans are lifted... Uh, you could set it on fire if it's in a place that's where it's safe to build a fire. Build a fire on top of it. What do you think about those tree uh, selections? Oh, of course. Oh, wonderful choices. Yeah. yeah. Those are all great choices. What were they again? Like, wax, Yopon, myrtle, wax myrtle, yopon holly, and flame leaf sumac. Yeah, or mm-hmm. a Mexican plum. Mm, wonderful. Mm-hmm. But those are all good. Yeah, great choices. Okay. So we've got another text here. Um, I have a few snapdragons that are struggling but still alive. Wow. What? When should I cut them back? You get the green thumb of the year oh if you have snaps God. that are alive <laughs> in August. No. That's amazing. Um, yeah, snapdragons are cool season annuals, so they usually die in like June, June May or June. Yeah. Um, so I suppose you could... Try to keep them going until like October and then, or maybe mid-September, cut them back if it's raining and cool. Yeah, they might just, they might stick around for wow. you. Wow. Yeah, That's you're not bananas. doing anything wrong. No. They they are, they are supposed to die in the summer. Yeah. But you've kept yours alive. That's great. You have some uber amazing snapdragons. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the other mulberry person said the mulberry tree was under a utility line and kept growing into the lines. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. She, that person has some good tree, like a yopon would be mm-hmm. really good. Those, those yeah. tree options are great because yeah, they're not going to get sense. too tall. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Well, we just got another text, but we're going to get to that after our first break. Thanks so much for tuning in, y'all. See you after the break. Bye. 
This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Good morning. Hey, good morning. This is Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. And across from me is my friend, Leah Cherner mm-hmm. of Delta Dawn Gardens. Yes. A little tardy today, but I made it. No problem. So um, we're here to answer your gardening questions on the Horticulture Hangover Show. You can call us at 512-836-0590 or 877-590-5525. And you can text us too. And it looks like we've got another text message here. It says, enjoy the, enjoy the show. Several of our baby gem boxwoods have been attacked by something that spins a web like a cocoon at the base of the plant. And then that section gradually turns brown. I've sprayed it every four days with the pictured Garden Safe 3-in-1. Any suggestions as to what might it might be and do I need to spray all of the boxwood? Please look at the attached photos. Thank you, Kay. So 3-in-1 I think is um, neem. If I remember right, I think is the active ingredient. And it's a fungicide and insecticide miticide. And she's showing a picture of the plant. It's sort of yellowy on the top. And then, yeah, there's some webbing on the stem down low. I'm going to take a closer look. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a closer look too. Getting hmm. some kind of webworm? I do. But I don't know any that eat boxwood. But um, what do you think, Leah? You think it's a webworm? I wonder if it could be physically removed. I think that's a better option than spraying. And by physically removed, I just take your hand, wearing a glove maybe, yeah, or a paper towel and just wipe it off. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think the spray is not going to get through that webbing. Yeah, and if it's um, a fungicide, it's not a fungal. Well, I know that three in one is neem oil because neem oil is fungicide oh, it's got a mil- too. It's got insecticide. Yeah, so that's why neem oil they call it like three in one like that because it kills mites and little bugs and. But um, I don't think that three in one is going to work on this webbing. Um, so yeah, I think you're right, Leah. I think you'd be better off just squishing it with your hands. Yeah, maybe you mm-hmm. have a husband or a son or something. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's feeling a little angry, maybe, and needs to take out some aggression. Yeah. Um, Leah, we have a phone call. Oh, super. Yeah, this is Robert in Northeast Austin. Hi, Robert. Thanks for calling. Hello, yes. Uh, I have a split-leaf philodendron in a pot. It's very old and... It sits on my back porch in a corner, and the, mm. some of the leaves are yellowing, 
And I just, I'm uh, not sure whether I'm overwatering it because it's funny, as the sun goes down, it'll sort of reload the chlorophyll back into it and green up some. Hmm. And it's not like it's just cooking and killing the edges of the leaves, but it kind of comes and goes. I didn't know what she thought, whether it's too much sun or too much water or a combination. Well, how often are you watering it? Oh, once a week at least. Hmm. I would just, I would stick your finger in the pot in the soil and see if it feels soggy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, but I don't think once a week is time, too much. What would you say, Robert? I said it's dry most of the time, and when it, mm-hmm. when they go yellow, they don't they don't continue to die. You know, it's not not like the kiss of death. Once they start to yellow, that they'll completely dry is it, up. And is it getting brittle. shade? Yeah, I guess some shade. I, I would, morning sun, a little bit afternoon, and then after about. Three o'clock, it gets full on shade again. Even a little bit of morning sun might be too much sun for it. Oh, okay. So you I might just scoot it. it, scoot it in some more shade. That would be the first thing I would do. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, so Colleen? Ideally, it's a shade plant then. Oh yes, ideally yeah. it's a shade plant for sure. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, it's tricky with plants. it's tricky with the philodendron C because, like, as far as indoors, they're considered like a full sun house plant, but outdoors they want to be in like pretty total shade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing yeah. what a difference a window makes. Um, if the yellowing is disappearing, like, kind of coming and going, that's the weird thing. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe you need to feed it. Maybe oh, it's, perhaps. Yeah, yeah maybe it's, really it's a nutrient. It's Twenty years old or something. Yeah. Um, so it might have just kind of run out of gas. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe a real gentle feeding with uh, uh, in, an indoor plant food. Yeah, eight two four would fit the bill. Um, okay. I think that's a great that's, idea. Yeah, I have so some of that. Eight two four would do it. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Good luck, Robert, and uh, good. thank you so much for calling. Mm-hmm. Bye. Okay. Bye bye. Oh, we got a text. Ooh, okay. That I like. Okay. It says there's a picture, and it says I saw this in a dry median and was really impressed. Do you know what it is? Oh, I love the ID. It's not Ponyfoot. I don't think Stemodia. Maybe a succulent. Oh. Do you want to see it? Yes. I Let me bring it, it up is. on my computer here. And I want. Do the, you know what it is? Yes. It is a native sedum that I don't know the name of, but it's definitely a native sedum. And you go get some cuttings of this because this is a wonderful plant. It is cold hardy. Mm. Um, It's gorgeous and it will grow very, very easily from cuttings. Just toss it on the ground. Do you know what it's called? No, I don't know what it's called. Okay. Because, yeah, I have one in a pot, and I never knew what it was called, and it is incredible. It's a great, <laughs> a really good sedum. All the listeners are going to be so angry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we can't, we can't see we don't know what the name it's of this is. It's just a very, yeah, I mean, what's some kind of native sedum? We'll try to find out what the name of it is. But I've never seen it at a nursery. I've only seen it just growing. I know. I um, feel like I got it from a friend. Yeah. You know, like it was someone gave it to me. I didn't buy it. And um, 
it's yeah there I keep it in a little pot and it's the only sedum that I have ever grown that has lived like through everything mm-hmm. years and years and it's starting to look sometimes in the heat it starts to look a little funky and then I just take more cuttings and replant the cuttings and it comes right back someone so, someone asked oh, where, where is, is where is it located so everyone can go look at it yes everyone can cause a traffic jam <laughs> get cuttings <laughs> in the medium <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can go see it in the median and slam on your brakes. I'm going to try to figure out what it's called. I'm going to see if it's in the Wildflower Center. Hilarious. Yeah, I, I've been wondering if it's native. I, it's so funny. I take it for granted, that plant, because I just, I've had it for years and years. And I never, I'm just like, here's this little sedum. Um, it's gray. It's a, it's a silvery one. And I I never even crossed my mind to try to figure out what the name of it is. This picture is in is just incredible, because uh, it looks so beautiful and dense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we got to figure out what it is. Mine blooms. Mm-hmm. It's little flowers. It's so like nice. Little white flowers. Yeah, little white flowers. Yeah. I think once a year. I can't. Again, like I don't even really pay attention to it. It's like it's just always it's omnipresent. Yeah, th- there's a lot of sedums on the Wildflower Center's website, so we're gonna have to probably take it That's take it during the break to try to figure it out. But it is such a cute little. Well, I'm learning something because I didn't know there were any native sedums. I guess I thought they were all from like other continents, like Africa. And like alpine places, like maybe Colorado, New Mexico mountains, you know, I thought they were mountain plants. I didn't know there were any native here. Or yeah. I wonder if they're native to this part of Texas, or maybe they're native to like West Texas mountains. Mm. Yeah, you can see it growing wild, like on kind of rocky outcrops and stuff. Oh, wow. Town. Really? Yeah. Gosh, I have not seen that. That's so interesting. Neat. That's really cool to learn something new. Hmm. Well, we've got about a minute. Hmm. One person said that they moved their philodendron inside because it was too hot, and now it's putting on new leaves. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just rough for tropical plants, the heat, high heat. Even though we think of tropical places as being hot, um, this is really extreme, and those huge leaves have a hard time dealing with the hot, hot temperatures so all right y'all well get your questions ready and we'll be back after the break welcome to the horticulture hangover on news radio klbj you're in the right place to get answers to all of your questions about your lawn garden trees and more here are your hosts colleen dieter and leah turner good morning everyone this is the horticulture hangover show I am Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. And sitting across from me is my friend Leah Cherner. Yes. Delta Dawn Gardens. Yeah. Still trying to figure out what the sedum is called. Yeah. Um, y'all can call us or text us 512 836 0590 or toll-free, 
877-590-5525. And um, the one I have, I think, in the research that we did over... Ooh, I'm showing, calling a, showing picture a picture of some of it that I found growing Yeah, I think that's the wild. same one I have. Or not wow. growing wild, but growing in a client's house, and I took some cuttings of it and put it in another garden... Just mm. does so well, but I gotta like it's gotta be native because it can handle the cold and the heat. Yeah, it I know. Survives like year round. Yeah, yeah. I never knew. I've only ever had mine in a pot, so I never knew how well it would do in the ground. Like if it would rot, you know. But apparently, it needs some. It's doing great. I think here. it needs to be kind of on a. You know, put it in a like little slope slope. or a slope. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't put it like down in clay soil. Mm-hmm. I think that's true with most sedums, yeah. wouldn't you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think sedums are really cool plants. They're fun to collect. But most of the time, they're not very long-lived. We're not going to uh, disclose the location of the sedum because... The texter wisely said, I'm not afraid. I don't want to give it away because I don't want everyone to steal it and then mm. I'd be gone. Okay. Which makes sense. Why? That's, that's good stewardship. Okay. But yeah, we're going we're gonna to keep looking for the, the name of that. Yeah. Um, and it looks like we have another text message. Question about oaks? Oh. We, yeah, we have a lot of very old established post oaks on our eight acres, and we're very concerned about this drought and heat. Leaves are starting to turn brown, hoping that's just their reaction to this weather, but that they're not dying. What do you think? Um, yeah, definitely they're just responding to the weather. Um, it's just you know, outrageously hot and it's really hard on them. So they're going dormant early. Uh, It is getting to be fall. Um, So they're just losing their leaves, you know, a few, a few weeks earlier than normal, I guess maybe more like six weeks earlier than normal. Um, So yes, it's not, it's not good for them, but it's, uh, you know, Nothing you can do about it. I mean, if they're close to the house, you could water. Yes. Yeah, you could if you try can get watering. a hose to them. Mm-hmm. Out to the drip line. Uh, Texas Forest Service has a really good video about how to water big trees, since these are big old trees. Um, post oaks are becoming more and more rare. They're not available in nurseries. So I strongly recommend that you allow some... Uh, saplings to come up if you have squirrels planting acorns for you let some of the saplings grow don't mow them if you can or try to protect them from deer brows Uh, put a little cage around them to protect them and let them grow up because post oaks don't live forever Um, post oaks really do they get old and die Uh, you know we like to think of oak trees as being as living forever and some, you know, some live oaks can live for thousands of years, but not post oaks. Um, you're lucky to get hundred years from a post oak. So if they're really big and old, 
uh, you need to do some, take some steps to protect the next generation because you won't be able to buy any to replace them. And if they're getting old, they're aging out and the drought is not helping. And one thing that you can do, I think, that is uh, about the lowest maintenance uh, strategy that you yeah. can do is just don't mow in the under the canopy mm-hmm. of those post oaks because if you have if you let you know the native grasses and stuff come up um, underneath the canopy of it that will protect the roots a little bit more whereas you know when we mow too much we're scalping the soil mm-hmm. and it really really makes it so hard for them to even get get water when it does rain mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. you get that bare soil thing going on and it just just any rain that falls will just evaporate yeah yeah that's a good idea Leah mm-hmm. so good luck with your post oaks I love post oaks they're so beautiful beautiful trees they look like enchanted forest mm-hmm. storybook trees and I hope that uh, some of the nursery folk who are listening out there will start trying to grow them uh Someone said a long time ago that post oaks don't do well in nursery culture. Hmm. And that's a rumor. Mm. And I don't know if we actually have, maybe there's been studies done to prove it, but I don't know. But they're just not available at nurseries, and I think they should be. And I would guess that it's probably somewhere east of Austin where yes. these post oaks are growing because mm-hmm. over in like, um, kind of bastrop area that's Mm -hmm. the post oak savannah right Mm -hmm. yeah it's a different eco region of texas the post oak savannah gorgeous trees yeah they're so wonderful so really cool good luck with your beautiful post oaks let's see do we have another text leah oh no i think it's just the sedum person Leah, how is your gardening week this week? Did you do any gardening? I know you're moving. Oh boy, yeah, I did a lot of watering this week. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want like, to. Don't want to talk. How about much it. do you want to know a source, a source about subject? what happened yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, did you get heat stroke? No, oh, okay. but a fish did. Um, what? <laughs> Oh, I had a koi fatality this week, Aww. unfortunately, because um, I somehow, well, let's just say there was a pond, Yes, a breaker switch got tripped, Oh no! the aerator went off for a couple oh. days, and um, the client's out of town, so we had one. I had a floater. Oh, sorry. Just so sad. I felt so bad. Um, I mean, not my fault, but you know, no, it's just it's just a bummer. Um, well, we had a power surge at our house, so I'm sure a power surge probably could trip a breaker like that, right? Yeah. Oh. But the other fish are okay. Okay. Just that one, huh? Yeah. Darn. Um. Okay. Well, we have a caller. Okay. We're gonna take. Uh, yeah, let's listen to Cliff's question. Okay. Cliff. <laughs> Good morning. So is the post oak the one with the kind of jaggedy leaf that looks maybe kind of like, 
you know, your hand, print, fingers. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, go ahead. Sort of. Oh, it's like a red oak or a Spanish oak to me. Yeah. If the the lobed parts are pointy, like if they have little points on them, that's more of a red oak type leaf. No, they're more rounded. They're more rounded. Yes. Um, Post oaks have more rounded lobes, but there's other oak trees around Austin that have uh, rounded leaves like that too. These were around Fredericksburg. And my grandparents had a farm about four miles east of Fredericksburg. And I remember as a child, uh, if those were post oaks, that's what I always thought they were. They were so thick out there. It was beautiful. They'd grow so tight you couldn't even Mm. see, you know, 20 feet past them. And then I went out there, I guess, about five years later, and they were, like, all dead. Mm. Um, If there was anything left, there wasn't much, and most of them had, I guess, been cleared off or something. So now I was always afraid it was disease that had gotten them. That made me real sad. Mm. But to know that they only last maybe 100 years then I don't feel so bad anymore. Mm-hmm. Might be a bur oak that you're talking about. Bur- oh, maybe it's a bur oak. They also don't, you know, they also die after about 100 years too. Um, could be blackjack oak as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably wow. in Fredericksburg, probably not a not mm-hmm. a post. Yeah, yeah. Say that again? It's probably not a post oak if it's in Fredericksburg. It's a little too okay. far west for him. But yeah, mm-hmm. it might be one of these other oaks. Yeah, blackjack oak is the one I think of in the hill country. So Okay. Yeah, okay. Cliff. Thanks for sharing your sweet memory with us, Cliff. Yeah. That's really yeah, nice. I really, um, we, I listened at just the right time. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we've got to go to another break, Cliff. Thank you so much for your call. You bet. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. This is the Horticulture Hangover Show. I am Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. Yeah, and I'm Leah Turner with Delta Dawn Gardens. Yeah. And we're still trying to figure out what the sedum is called. Yeah. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. I think those plants, you know, they, they're they just, when they're sold at the nursery, a lot of times they're just generically called sedum or mm-hmm. what's the other word? Rock. Stone crop. Stone crop, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, here it is. And they're all different, but nobody has like common names for, right? you know, the individual ones. And I don't know the scientific names very well no, I of any either. of them. So... The only one that I that stands out for me that I've grown that has like a different name is the Mexican sedum. Have you ever grown that one? The yeah, the it's like chartreuse lime green one. Yeah, love that plant. I think it's that's so cool. Angelonia. Ooh, really? I think it's the name of that one. sedum Angelonia. And then there's another one that's the blue spruce that does oh. really well here. Oh, I didn't know. I'm not familiar. It's very pretty. Oh, cool. Okay. It's cold hardy. Fun. All right. Fun to learn about these sedums. Um, y'all can text us at 512-836-0590 or 877-590-5525.
with your gardening questions. And uh, folks who texted earlier with the question about the post oaks, they're in, uh, they said they're west of Georgetown off Highway 29. And yeah, I've definitely seen post oaks growing in western Williamson County. Uh, wherever there's sandy soil, they will grow. I didn't know there was so, sandy soil west of Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you're starting to get into like the Llano Uplift area. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like burn it. Like, it's, there's little weird pockets of sand out around there where there's deeper soil. I was really surprised because I had a customer who lived in that area west of Georgetown and they did a test hole for their septic system and they were able to dig like really deep. Wow. And it was sandy. And it was like um, they had post oaks and mesquites, you know, mesquite trees need real deep soil, um, deep sandy soil. So yeah, if you see post oaks and mesquite trees growing, it's a sign that there's deeper soil and sometimes sandier soil. And Fredericksburg has kind of sandy soil so, too, that red sandy soil. Yeah, so it could be post oaks over there, but I'm not I've never seen them grow in that far west uh in in you know uh that far west of town. I suppose it's possible and I just didn't know. Um but those oaks are hard to identify. They're hard to differentiate from each other, the post oaks and the blackjack oaks. I saw some water oaks yesterday. Water oaks have like lots of different, I know. Never heard of it. A water oak, they have lots of different shaped leaves and they tend to grow east of town. Oh. But I was in East Austin uh, in town and saw water oak. And it was really, I was like staring at the tree for five minutes, like trying to figure out what kind of tree it was. And they're all real similar to each other. And shin oaks, that's another one. So we have... I wish f- I could learn all these oaks. Well, If only there was some kind of opportunity. Only on September 9th, <laughs> I am leading a tree identification walk from 1030 to 1230 at Pease Park. Register at and you'll, Yes, you'll learn, <laughs> learn the trees. We have... A call. Oh, great. This is Dana in Pflugerville. Hi, Dana. Good morning. I sent you a couple of pictures of my Asian jasmine. Mm-hmm. I've got ground cover in the front yard. And um, it's I've lost oh, quite a bit mm-hmm. of it. The ice storm didn't do it any good, much less with the drought now. Mm-hmm. I've got it. It's covered in the irrigation, you know, mm-hmm. whenever my sprinklers come on. And then a couple of weeks ago, I hand-watered it. And I swear it looks worse. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering, do I need to dig out those dead areas? I know it's a vine type of thing. Uh, I fertilized with, I put in the tech 16, 4, 8 or something like that. Okay. A, a couple of months ago, didn't see much change there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, do you think it's going to survive? Or? I do. Yeah, I, I do too. I think it's going to survive. You might just mow it. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, just kind of mow down the dead, the dead parts. Yeah, I don't well, think you're going to get. The dead parts it. are kind of just laying down. Mm-hmm. The vines mm-hmm. are, are the yeah. What you see that's dead is laying down. I'd probably have to rake it up to cut it off, or, or maybe I'd take some shears. You know, some. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, just to make it look a little better for you. Yeah, and then just okay. let the let the roots get some light. But those root systems are very, very extensive. It, mm-hmm. It's been a rough year for the Asian jasmine mm-hmm. and the English ivy and stuff, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to make it. Uh, yeah, oh. I do too. Do you suggest I fertilize any more, or mm-hmm. is it too hot for that? It's They're hot. not in a lot of sun during the day. It's too mm-hmm. hot, and I don't think Asian jasmine even really needs fertilizer. Mm-hmm. It will grow. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forever. Forever. <laughs> I saw this a lot in 2011. I remember a lot of people had this problem in 2011 with their Asian jasmine. And when it started, when it cooled off and started raining again, it all grew back. Yay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. it was going to, it's really all over my front yard. So mm. that's just a small patch. It was going to cost me a fortune to relandscape. I know. Yeah. And if I do, yeah. it's going to be in rock. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. I thank you so much. Thanks, Dana. Have a great day. You too. Okay, bye bye. Yeah, and I would recommend maybe trying a native ground cover instead of rock, because the rock is going to make your yard so hot, so and it's going to raise the ambient temperature around your house. And there's a lot of good native ground covers. There's one called, uh, what's that one that has a blue flower? Um, oh, pea. It's a oh the mountain pea. Mountain, mountain pea. Mountain pea. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Mountain pea. Yeah. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. looks like Asian jasmine. Mm-hmm. It is deciduous, but it's it's very pretty. It's got a bright mm-hmm. green leaf and it flowers. Yeah, and if you have trees giving you the shade for to be able to grow the Asian jasmine, uh, putting rock down is not good for the trees, too. So, but it sounds like she's just going to stick with it. Yeah, yeah I don't so think it's going to die. Yeah, I don't think you can kill Asian jasmine. I think you had to try real, real hard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, oh yeah, I was going to ask her too if she has a dog. Oh, do you think that? Mm-hmm. that do you think it might be um, some dog pee issues? Mm-hmm. Salty dog pee can kill Asian jasmine sometimes, and rinsing it off can help. But it's all dormant right now. It's not gonna. It's not gonna grow. You know. Um, looks like Cliff texted us about his tree memory. Yeah, he said the farmland was red, sandy soil. That mm. does sound like Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful soil out there, man. Oh, that's so nice. He says, thanks for helping me with a wonderful memory of mine. That is very sweet. I have a tree memory. Well, I really hope that post, uh, post oaks don't become a memory for all of us. If you have post oaks on your property... Please, please, please fence some of the saplings off so that the deer won't eat them. Flag them so they can grow because they are all getting old and they all age out. And uh, it's, it's tough because the deer will eat the saplings. And if you're mowing around the trees and you're mowing over the saplings and you really need the saplings to replace the older adult trees that will uh, get weaker as they age. And any of them in town, they're, they're pretty sensitive. Trees are sensitive to construction. They don't do well with change compared to like live oaks. Um, they're easily weakened by construction and stuff like that. So uh, they're, you know, with all the construction going on around the metro area, you know, it's... Uh, 
it's real hard on the post oaks. So they, they resent any kind of soil compaction. Or they're sensitive, a little bit more sensitive trees than some of our other trees. But they're so beautiful and they're worth it. We got a text real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody on the garden show can help me identify this plant. Oh, boy. It's a lantana. Oh, good. It looks like a confetti lantana to me. Lantana camara. Yep. Yeah. It's got the yellow and pink colors. Yep. Lantana camara. Uh, There's one called Anne Marie. That's like a dwarfy version of that, I think. So it could be Anne Marie, but it's, yeah. Confetti, lantana, lantana camara. And it's great for butterflies. Great plant. It's a good one. I know a lot of people call it invasive because it's not native. And oh, they really? Do volunteer. Yeah, I think it's Asian. I can't remember. Really? Yeah, people. There's some people who have taken up uh, the mantle of uh, removing that plant. The just the that particular the one, white, the pink and yellow one. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does so well, though. I know. I'm like, oh, it's a gray area for me. Yeah, I'm not gonna ever pull one. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, so with that controversial statement. We're going to sign off. Oh, sheesh. It's time. So thanks for hanging in with us, listeners. I'm Colleen Dieter. And I'm Leah Cherner. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye.